Good afternoon, good day, good evening, whatever the case may be. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else in our listening audience. Welcome to After the Plot, where we bring you the stories you didn't know you didn't know. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Good Job Lacey. And I am your co-host, Nolan Lacey. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, this is part two of our of our investigation into Skyrim and the disappearance of the dwarves. Not Not an intentional part two, I might add. Well, no, it kind of ended up, we, we could have done one long episode, but I don't think many people would be interested in like a 90-minute podcast. But, <laughs> but if you are, you can certainly go back and listen to these back-to-back, because by the time this is out, you can access the other one. Absolutely. Uh, if you're just joining us, um, uh, recap, last, last month we, we went through our, our harrowing trip down into Skyrim. We visited several of the stops some of the towns in in skyrim winterhole or uh, excuse me we stopped in white run um, we met our contact dragonborn pretty pretty cool guy pretty pretty solid character he was um solid sure uh it seems that he was also partially a renegade he was very concerned about being caught by the law he was a little he was a little twitchy whenever we were around uh any of the guards in skyrim guards guard there, I, i'm st- I'm still confused. Were there multiple guards, or was it just one really active guy? I only ever saw one at a time, so I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, and we made it up north. Uh, he agreed to take us up to the lift at Aftland to access the Blackreach, where we had done some research that that was a good place to find out clues, some of the archaeological backgrounds of the dwarves in Skyrim and Vardenfell. Met some giants along the way. Tried some uh, tried some mammoth cheese. That was pretty good. Learned a good bit about some of the magical items, magical weapons, in Skyrim. That it was new to me. I don't I don't know about you, Ricky, but I mean, it seemed like it was it was pretty new <clears> stuff. It's it's Nolan, and it it was all brand new. And the strangest thing to me was it, it seemed that after we learned a lot of these more academic pieces you know learning specific spells or learning skills every time we would read those books they would just run off or disappear i i I don't have any of them to continue my research i did i did look through uh, my bag when we got back and and they all seemed to have disappeared which was was kind of a bummer it is that's really disappointing that that could really propel you know some research into uh, metaphysics in our society it would really help yeah i was i was really interested in sharing some of that information but alas seem to be lost but um you know it's been it's been a month since our, our last episode we've we've we spent some time dissecting or digesting the the information from our our trip uh, what what have what have what have you been up to this month i mostly have been recovering from the the latter part of our journey i am glad that we were able to split this into two parts because it feels like the juxtaposition of our first half of our journey and the last half of our journey yeah it seems like we went two different places and it has helped me really come to terms with all of the things that we discovered mm-hmm. well not even really discovered it, it seems like people were readily accepting these things in skyrim that other places just don't have they don't deal with these breaks or rifts in reality that people of skyrim have come to C is blasé. I do remember some of our other investigations. You know, we we came across we came across aspects of day to day reality that definitely struck you and me as novel. But for example, when we were in Munchkinland in, in the land of Oz, uh, you know, flying monkeys not not something that I have to worry about day to day. But but those people, it was just it was just part of life. It was part of everyday life. Very true. But in the scheme of things, flying monkeys. I mean, you know, if you know genetics well enough and, and you can get enough people to, to get those RNA splicers, you could potentially make a flying monkey. Well, I'll give you another one. When we were in Hyrule, you know, the amount of, of vandalism that people had to, to cope with and not seeming to be worried. Just, you know, something would break and then the next day it, it was fine. It was, a, you know, things just kind of repaired themselves and people didn't really have to depend on their own uh, intuition to, to fix things. I'm still, I'm still boggled that those pots just grow but as far as vandalism goes i might say that the dragonborn kind of puts the the people of hyrule to shame he i mean he had like a town's worth of bread at one point just Mm -hmm. just 
hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of bread on him. Yeah. Never never short never short for a loaf the dragonborn was. No. So I've uh I've been doing some some research the past couple of weeks. You know, we 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 definitely had to chop up our our audio and get the next half of the show ready, but I've been looking a lot into alternate modes of transportation. Oh good. Something that you know, the listening audience, you folks at home might not be aware of, but a lot of our investigations take us to far-flung reaches. I mean, we're all over the place. Uh, fortunately, it's usually in the budget to get a, a flight to these these places, but once we're there, it's very difficult to get around. You know, the Yellow Brick Road was in horrible disrepair. You, could, you couldn't walk on it, let alone drive on it. Hyrule, you know, that's all dirt roads. And, you know, when we were investigating our, our friends in the cereal world, well, you know, we don't need to get in into that. Yeah, I'd rather not talk about that one. Yeah. Uh, but when we were in Skyrim, we were lucky enough that our um, cart drivers never came across a dragon close enough. Though I will say there were a couple of times that off in the distance, I did see a dragon carrying a, a horse, never attached to a cart. But mm-hmm. I think that's more, you know, the cart drivers are prepared. They have like automatic releases on their horse should that happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it seems like travel in these places is almost the most dangerous part of our investigation. So you'll like this. I, I've come up with a list of some alternate modes of transportation that you know we might be able to look into. Maybe not this season, perhaps next season for some of our okay. investigations. Okay. What, what have you uh, What have you found so far? So the first one I found was a TARDIS. What's a What's a TARDIS? TARDIS is like a big blue box, um, good for interdimensional travel. Problem was they're all British, so you have to drive on the uh, left side of the uh, slip space stream, which wouldn't yeah, work at our studio. I'm, you know, I'm already not terribly good at stick shifts and, mm-hmm. and reversing the sides that you got to shift on. I'm not sure that's a good yeah. one for us. So you know, we're, we're still brainstorming. Okay. Second one, I did find an American phone booth, good for time travel. Okay. Seats anywhere from like two to twelve people, depending on how you squeeze them in. But it was used, and the antennas had seemed to be like repaired with chewing gum. That's not good. So the guys was that on their their Carfax? Did they? Well, I tried to get the number, the identification number, and the guy was real sketchy about that. Mm. Uh, just all he would say was station. Oh man. So that's a. Uh... It, that's one of you know. It's like one of those uh, the Ethiopian princes trying to get your your money through an email. Yeah, you, you got to be careful there. Yeah. Uh, I found a used DeLorean with some aftermarket parts. The guy I was talking to said it was good for both uh, traveling space and time. Okay. But the fuel consumption on that thing was astronomical. It had some uh, some fusion parts, but they, they were in great disrepair, and he was running it off of uh, some type of heavy metal. I don't know if it was plutonium or uranium or what, but like uh, definitely not in the budget for us. Yeah, I hear the, the cyclos are really... Um... Trying to crack down on on uranium consuming time travel devices. So I went um, I went to the other end. I went a little more a little more analog, right? Uh, okay. I found one. It was it was an older one, uh, Nimbus two thousand five. Oh yeah. In our budget, it's good mileage. Only problem is a bit of a motorcycle. Uh, you, you can only sit one, maybe two. But as far as carrying our gear on a thing like that, I'm not sure. It'd be really hard to get our gear around. Yeah. Where do you even hang it at that point? Where do you even hang it? We'll have to keep looking. That anything that's a little bit more nimble than a plane, yeah. and maybe a bit faster, I, I would say. You know, we'll keep our eyes open. Yeah, we'll keep, our, keep our eyes open. So let's get back into our story here. So at the end of our last episode, um, we had just finished up at the Silverdrift Lair. It was our first experience in a Draugr tomb. We had a lot of fun. Found a lot of cool loot. A little scary. A little bit of an adventure. Yeah, I am. Surprised that he keeps summoning the the Daedra that he does. That that guy is really just a prickly pear. Literally. Literally. Quite prickly. Literally. He was a prickly dude. Anyway, so we will pick up part two. This starts a few hours after our escape from the Draugr tomb in the land of Skyrim. A few hours later and we arrived at the Night Gate Inn. By now it was pitch black outside and well below freezing. 
While Goodjob and I were bundled up in every cloak that we owned, the cold didn't seem to bother the Dragonborn, who had nearly unending stamina. The Dragonborn led the way into the Nightgate Inn. As he opened the door, a wave of warm air generously met our faces as we walked inside. In the middle of the long hall was a roaring fire illuminating the tall, thatched ceiling, replete with many different skulls of moose, bison, and other animals we weren't familiar with. Okay, boys, we'll stay the night here, I think, before we make the final push to the lifted Aftland, and uh, I'll show you the entrance to the Black Reach. It's exciting. The Dragonborn went off to speak with the owner, looking to rent a few rooms for the night. Good job and I saddled up to the bar and ordered a round of hunting brew meat. When we got there, there were only two other people at the bar. One was a large orc, and the other a small scamp. They both wore stealthy black armor, emblazoned with a dark skull of Sithis. It wasn't long before the orc came over and tapped me on the shoulder. He doesn't like you. I'm sorry. I don't like you either. The tiny scamp at the end of the bar became agitated and yelled out something in orcish. Yeah, what he said. You just watch yourself. We're in the Dark Brotherhood. I have the death sentence of twelve hogs. I'll be careful then. You'll be dead. Both men squared off, and suddenly everyone in the inn was staring at us. I saw Goodjob begin to slowly reach for the greatsword we found in the tomb, when from across the Great Hall we heard the dragonborn. Durak? Dudamir? Is that... is that you guys? Oh my gods, look at you guys! Look at that armor! When... okay, when did you get that haircut? Oh, no, uh, when did... Don't... No one okayed that. Is this new? Is this new? That's a... Oh, come on. Right, what, what are we you guys going to invite me over again? Knock it off. Just come on. Come on. We, need... we have a game to finish. I'm going to beat you guys at risk. The young orc snatched his growler off the bar and stormed towards the door. Just going to take my kombucha to go. This neighborhood fucking blows anyway. All right, you crazy kids going home, okay? Yeah, you tell the night mother I said hello, all right? <laughs> Those Dark Brotherhood kids, so scary. Uh, uh, mummy, I want to worship the darkness. <laughs> no, they're, they're good kids. Just gotta, just gotta bust their balls from time to time. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go uh, see to the horse and then uh, head to bed. You, you, two, you two ladies don't stay up too late now, alright? And with that, the Dragonborn was off, and we returned to our mead. During the commotion, we hadn't noticed a pasty white Nord sit down around the corner of the bar from us. Once the Dragonborn had left, he spoke up. Hey, I'm just going to tell you. I'm glad to see somebody finally stand up to that orc. Gotta say, with the orcs and the Khajiits and the Argonians just coming straight over our borders from the Black Marsh and elsewhere. We looked up to see a red cap on his head that read, Make Vardenfell Great Again. The man continued. I don't know what guys like you and me will be doing before long. Can't wait until Ulfric gets that wall built, know what I mean? Skyrim As he continued at us, we scooted away and went to sit by the fire. <laughs> this trip is getting pretty crazy, don't you think? This, you know, they always seem to take turns that I'm just not expecting. I do wish we just had one that, like, stuck to the itinerary. Yeah. This, are, you, you know, are you excited, though? I mean, I, I'm interested to see what we find. I, I was really hoping that we could crack the dwarf thing, but mm. now that we're here... I, I just don't know what to expect. It seems a little daunting. Yeah. The next day, we headed north into the mountains toward the Great Lift at Aftland, an ancient Dwemer ruin which would lead us down to the subterranean city of Blackreach, where hopefully we would solve the mystery of what happened to the dwarves. The trek through the mountain pass was quite difficult, but the cart was sturdy and the horse was even sturdier. 
In fact, sometimes, when it seemed like the path was simply too steep for such an animal, it would simply hop back and forth slightly, and before we knew it, we were up on our way. A truly magnificent beast. Eventually, we found our way up to the peak of the mountain and entered the oversized elevator shaft. The dragonborn tossed us a key ring from his horse. You'll most likely stay there as long as you don't make too much of a mess. Oh, uh, thanks. Best as I can remember, Old Tendirian's not using the place right now, and I think the Wi-Fi password is... I once dated three possums in a trench coat. 69, 69, 420. Huh. Wait, hold on. I'm still stuck. There's Wi-Fi here? Yeah. There's Wi-Fi. We're not... We're not barbarians. Um, actually, I think some of you actually are literally barbarians. You know what? Thinking about my skill tree? Yes. That is that is a very valid point. I'm going to do some introspection while you guys are in there. And with that, the Dragonborn merely looked at his map and then disappeared. Morton was awestruck, but I had seen more than my fair share of disappearing tricks in my life and simply moved over to the elevator control panel. I pulled the great dwarven lever and we were off. We emerged onto the top of a huge hill in the biggest cave I have ever seen. It was so large that I could not see across its entirety as the other end was lost in a blue-green haze. Huge bioluminescent mushrooms illuminated the ceiling hundreds of feet above us. In the distance we heard the thunderous roil and rumbling of a huge waterfall. At the bottom of the hill, we saw an old Dwemer workshop, which had recently been refurbished and renovated. Cinderian's Field Lab. In the far distance, we could see towering ruins of ancient Dwemer cathedrals and market squares. We would surely find our answers here. We made our way down the hill. Along the way, we came across a crimson version of the ubiquitous Nern route. Nathaniel insisted that we stop and collect some, as he had recently found a good Khajiit recipe for a rustic salad with hard-boiled warbler eggs on SeriousEats.com. He pulled a few leaves, and we continued on to Cinderian's field lab. Wow! Uh, whew. You know, actually, this place isn't that bad. Does it smell like mammoth cheese in here to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is, it's pretty musty, I will say yeah. that, but... Holy uh, crap, is that a Stone of Berenziah? Okay, hold on. Now, I've, I've, well, we've been walking around, I've heard this a couple of times. Is it Berenziah or Berenzia? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Do you think he would mind if we, you know... He hasn't been here in a while. The small laboratory was well lit and ventilated. There was a bed, a couch, a small table, and various instruments of the magical arts. We set our bags down and checked the items littered throughout the lab. Among the supplies, we found a plethora of alchemaic ingredients, including items from the mundane, such as various salts and sugars, to the exotic, like teeth, beaks, and berries, to the simply frightening, such as eyeballs or various hearts preserved in jars of oil. We tried a few of them ourselves All right. for the assignment. So what does mine do? Holy, <laughs> Holy shit, where'd you go? What? I said, where did you go? What? No, where are you? I, I can hear you, but Speak up, I can't hear you. What? I, you don't have to shout at me. I'm right here. I can't see you. What? I can't hear anything you're saying. Speak louder. Stop. This isn't funny anymore. Where did you go? This must be one of the things we ate. What are you talking about? I can't hear you. You have to speak louder. I'm shouting. I can't see you. What? What? The next morning, we set out into the Black Reach. Nicholas found a pair of leather boots in the corner, and they happened to fit him really well. He put them on, and then he even offered to carry both of our bags, and we went out into the cave. As we began searching the ruins, we quickly realized we weren't the only inhabitants in the Black Reach. Anywhere we looked, we'd see dark figures lurking in the shadows. Based on what we read in Cinderian's lab, these were the Falmer 
a reclusive, evil race that used to be elves. Apparently, they sulked in the darkness, waiting for the next prey to encroach upon their territory. So we did our best to keep our distance from the shadows. However, we soon found ourselves enclosed on all sides. Suddenly, a pale white falmer sulked out of the shadows. We braced ourselves for a fight. Hey there, fellas. Uh, can I help you? Wait. What? You, you, you look lost. Help you find something? You, you mean you're not going to eat us? Eat you? Hell. There's a place around the corner that serves the best chicken coma in Skyrim. Why would I want to eat you two? We learned that the guy's name was Elmer. Elmer the Farmer. Lived in Blackreach since the last era. He turned out to be a quite friendly fellow, who not only didn't want to eat us, but was willing to show us around some of the other parts of the Blackreach. We passed a Subway sandwich shop, a Five Below, and a bar named Joe's Underground. The Falmer neighborhood was a much more welcoming place than either of us had anticipated. I felt guilty that I had let my preconceived notions get the better of me. I made a point to re-examine my cultural biases once we got back from our assignment. We ended up in the plaza square, where there stood the ugliest fountain sculpture ever. When we asked about its design, Elmer reminded us that all the Falmer were actually blind, and when we closed our eyes, the whole aesthetic of the fountain became much more appreciable. We asked Elmer if he knew anything that could help us on our assignment. They used to be all over the place. Heck, the entire township of Blackreach used to be incorporated under the Dwarven Kingdom. One day, though, they all just took off. Said they were running down the street to buy cigarettes and just never came back. Eventually, we got a letter from their lawyers saying we had, what, what how did they say it, legal stewardship of the Blackreach until further notice watching their stuff ever since, but these adventuring types, they keep coming in and trying to steal shit. Bit of a pain in the ass, if you ask me. I've, I've lost half my stones of barrels. Once Elmer told us all he knew about the dwarves, he wished us good luck, but told us not to touch anything in the Dwemer ruins, as it was in bad taste. We shook hands and headed back to the center of the Blackreach. It wasn't long, though, before we came across the ancient technology of the lost dwarves themselves, the dwarven spheres and spiders. It was here that we realized how lucky we were to have traveled with the Dragonborn. Having studied the skill books from the Draugr tombs, we were well versed in close combat, and we took out the small Dwemer robots pretty easily. Derek wielded a lightning staff, which he found in Cinderian's place, to shock the robots into submission when then I chopped their heads off with the great sword we found in the tomb of the Draugrs. Things were going pretty well until we ran across the Centurions, two massive steam-powered robots, each the size of a large pickup truck. First we thought our strategy would work, but it soon became clear that we were outmatched as blast after blast of boiling hot steam pushed us further back. Looking behind, I only saw the curved edge of a gigantic waterfall. Oh shit. It seemed hopeless, like this was the end of the line. Albert began to frantically ruffle through oh, his rucksack. Uh, uh, what do we have in the bag? Knife, 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 shit, why don't we have any swords? Knife, 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 cheese wheel, knife, damn it! And suddenly, the dragonborn rushed in to save right. the day. Come here, buddy. Let me teach you a thing or two here. All right, you can be my two fish truth and justice. All right, come on over here, you hard-boiled turtle slapper. Oh, oh, you want some. You want some now. Although the dragonborn was the far superior fighter, 
At one point, one of the massive centurions got through his defense and sent him flying with a tremendous hook punch from the robot's huge dwarven warhammer. Amazingly though, as he arced through the air, he suddenly stopped and froze in midair. He took his pack out of his back and began rooting through Okay, it. buddy. All right, you want to play not? Let's play not. You want to get nuts? Come on! Let's get nuts! He quickly took out several red potions and pounded them in quick succession, tossing the empty bottles over his shoulder. Then he reached in and emerged with a massive Daedric Warhammer. The talon-like spikes of dark metal partially hid the blood-red crystals on the Warhammer's interior. The entire weapon danced with electricity. The Dragonborn once again began moving and landed in a shoulder roll in the rocky soil. He gave a furious shout and sprinted towards the Centurions as fast as the Flash. Well, I mean, the Flash on a bad day. Like, if he was sick and just jogging. Never mind. The Dragonborn swung the Daedric Warhammer in a wide forehand and cleaved through the knees of both Centurions with ease. As the Daedric electricity danced all over their metal bodies, they fell to the ground. The Dragonborn reared back his hammer and went in for the killing blow. And Alexander wept, for there were no more kingdoms to conquer. Wow! How did you, you that thing you did? How how did you do that? Oh, uh, uh, knees and head. I, I studied with the the Spetsnaz back when I uh, no, was no, a no, younger no, no, Dragonborn. No. Yeah, not no, not that. No, the, like the the us not moving and you drinking a million potions. Oh, yeah. oh, I just paused, man. Did no one tell you guys how to pause? No, no. Oh shit! No one told. Oh my God! I am so sorry. That that had to make things. So difficult back at Silverdrift Lair. I am so sorry I sent you in here without that. I told you we shouldn't have gotten directions from a prisoner in a cart when we got here. Who, Rayloff? He seemed like a decent guy. How was I supposed to know he wasn't going to give us the right directions? How in the the world is a guy who's about to be executed supposed to give you... Hunting brew me down there's Heroes of Skyrim. Heroes of Skyrim. Today we honor you, Mr. Slouches in his throne, Jarl Guy. Mr. Slouches in his throne, Jarl Guy! No one knows what it's like to have to sit in a hardwood straight back chair for 12 hours a day. Unless they're sitting in it while you're asleep. Sometimes it's fun to pretend. The people of your kingdom may mock you for your neutral stance on the civil war happening literally right outside your doorstep, but they don't know the decisions you have to make, like whether to switch butt cheeks or just stand up and get the cushion. You deal with problems in this kingdom one at a time to ensure nothing is left unfinished. So as soon as you can get comfortable in this hellish excuse for a recliner, you'll make a decision. There's no potion for a sore butt. So as you attempt to sit back and relax with your house Carls, Craigs, and Jerry's, crack open a nice cold honey brew mead. You've earned it. Hunting brew meadery, white one of Skyrim. Please drink responsibly. Welcome back to the studio, everybody. Thank you for listening to the first half of the second part of our journeys into Skyrim. Uh, this has been an exhausting journey. It's fun, though. It, it, no, it, it, the skills we learned and the people that we met have really, you know, I, I still keep in contact with a couple of the Falmer that uh, sent us on our way. But it was such a tiring journey, having to learn all of those things, putting our brains to use to solve puzzles and and learn potions and learn spells it was just mentally and physically draining Mm. something i i noticed about all the inns we've stayed in they all seem to be laid out kind of the same it reminds me of a 
like a, like a good Cracker Barrel. You know, any of the inns we went into, you know, the, the, the front cash register was in the same spot. The fire was in the same spot. The tables were laid out the same. I, I don't know if that was intentional or, you know, that's just the easiest way to build an inn. It kind of reminded me more of like um, an amusement park restaurant, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you go to Disney World or Disneyland, you go into one of their themed restaurants, they're exactly the same. So they make it seem like it's kind of a mom and pop place in each village that you go to. Mm-hmm. But I get the feeling it's more of a chain that they're just trying to play down. But they are, we're all pretty, pretty comfortable. The, the people we met, though, that really ran the gamut. Yeah. Quite, man. A, quite, a, quite a melting pot Skyrim is. I, I gotta say, uh, Khajiits were a lot nicer than I was expecting them to be. Uh, you know, six foot clawed, hairy cat people. I was kind of expecting. I thought my cat's hairballs were bad. These guys. Oh man, that was. I saw a whole hand, whole mm-hmm. full hand come out of one. Yeah. But you know they don't have the standard standoffish kind of cat personality. No. They're uh, willing to make deals and they are are fairly talkative. Yeah, very friendly group of people. Yeah, and, and um, Argonians, a little cold-blooded, but <laughs> they're okay if you get to know them. Yeah. With the Nords, though, it seemed to be, you know, I don't like to get political on this show, but it seemed to be split down the middle, the Nords, uh, as to what type of borders they really wanted mm. their country yeah. to have. You know, a uh, lot of them were very welcoming to the other the other races in Skyrim, but we, we came across some that just, I, I don't know, we didn't really get off on the right foot together. Yeah, they... Uh, it seems like, you know, and I'm I'm not trying to generalize or to um, put people into camps or anything. It seems like the the um, the Nords wearing those those red hats that that had the uh, the language of keeping Skyrim great. Yeah, make Vardenville great again. They were all really supportive of the Dragonborn, but I don't think they knew him well enough to to truly know where he fell. Yeah. They, they just had that prophecy of, of the Dragonborn coming. and uh, They were really into that Ulfric guy, though. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Uh, He's a shysty one. We might have to keep an eye on, you know, the uh, developments in Skyrim. Perhaps check back in to see how that uh, how that next election worked out for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear they only do elections once every generation, though, so it might be a while. I guess we could talk about it more, but that might be a bit of a moot point. Anyway, um, who else have we run into? Dark Brotherhood. These guys. Let's talk about these guys. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where they're they're kind of like a biker gang that tries to put a really tough name on themselves. Mm-hmm. But uh, it seems like the couple of guys we ran into were more of pupils under the Dragonborn. The toughness uh, only seemed to go skin deep. Right. Right. It was really surprising how many clubs the Dragonborn was in charge of. He was a popular guy. Like uh, the the quote-unquote Fighters Guild mm-hmm. and and the quote-unquote Dark Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they all kind of talked a mean game to him, but they also did everything that he told them to. So I don't know how tough they can be when they just kowtow to, to people that know what they're doing well the dragonborn did mention to us that he had put in over 100 hours so that's true you can get that's a lot true. done um and our trip into Blackreach, one of the neatest places i've i've been um you know i've done a little bit of spelunking here and there a little bit of cave exploring that sort of thing but uh that place was mesmerizing those 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 hundred foot mushrooms that uh you know that that bioluminescent glow it was it was a neat place it seemed like the 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 ramparts and the the great dwarven structures that were there at one point should have been really run down. Mm-hmm. But you'd, you'd the, think so. You'd think it'd be almost flattened over the years. Exactly. But it seems like the Falmer, the the guys that they left in charge of it, have really done as best they can in the time frame they've had. It, it's been generations and generations since the Falmer have moved in, and they've really gotten a bad name. You know, a lot of people think that they're these cannibalistic, horrible people, and they've had to stay in these caves for so... All right, everybody. Sorry, I just had to pause that here. You know, my co-host, he goes on these, these long tangents about like the social inequities and political justice and yada, 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 uh, which is great, but we're going we're gonna to skip over a lot of that right now. 
What I normally do in these situations is just throw in the headphones and I put on an audiobook. Um, you know, he, he gets to say what he wants to say. And then I, you know, stay sane for the next couple of hours here. Um, so, you know, speaking of that, I just wanted to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Audible. Uh, Audible is offering the listeners of this podcast a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash finalplank, and then you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Check out anything you like. They've got a lot of great titles. Whether you are commuting to work in the morning or following your cotet on the path of the beam to one level of the Dark Tower, uh, you can download a free title today and start listening. It's super easy. Uh, there is no obligation. Just go to audible.com slash finalplank and get started today. All right, let's, uh, let's unpause here. Okay, all right. And they've been there so long that they've lost their eyesight. I mean, how selfless of a group of people can you truly be to be able to give up one of your senses for someone else? I know. Man, it's crazy. Thank you. Thank you for letting me do that. I, I just needed 20 or 30 minutes to get that off my chest. I try to be a good listener. You do a good job. All right. So uh, let's let's wrap this up. What do you say? Um, the le- next part of our, our story, the, the, the climax here, I gotta say, one of the most harrowing adventures we've had so far on this show. If you think back to last month, I mean, we barely just made it back to the studio. Uh, it, it, it was down to luck, determination, our planning, uh, your quick thinking, my inability to get rid of anything from previous episodes. Uh, it really helped us bring this to a successful close. I, I still sometimes have problems comprehending all of the inputs from you know the last part of our journey i I still think about it and i see new things in my memory from everything that happened in these last couple of sections yeah so let's uh let's let's dive back in and finish our tale of the disappearance of the dwarves After our less-than-groundbreaking discoveries and near-death experience with the Dwarven Centurions, the Dragonborn suggested we accompany him to the College of Winterhold. He said there might be a few people there who could help us in our quest. We drank a few health potions, and at 63 potatoes between the two of us, we left the county of Blackreach. We took the Great Road north, deeper into the mountains, but for the most part, the trip was pretty uneventful. The Dragonborn showed no hesitation in taking up the slack in conversation, however. Like, I, I swear it's true. At least that's what I heard. My, my cousin, he was shipped out with the Doom guy six months ago. The place is nuts. Who knew hell would break open on Mars right in the middle of a Martian Manhunter election? Don't get me started on that Marvin asshole, alright? Guy's a prick. I can't even... At one point around mid-afternoon, he got an important call from his lawyer. Titanium tax is outrageous. Hey, I gotta take this. Those better, 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 and better folks. They ain't cheap. (laughs) Hey, Renee, how we looking? Yep, right on schedule. Sure, we'll swing on by. Sure. No. Uh, hang on, just a second. Hey, hey, good job. Raise your arm real quick. Like this? Okay. Fresh. Okay, sure. See you soon. The Dragonborn explained his lawyers needed him to sign some documents, so we were going to make a quick stop at a local inn, the Frozen Hearth. Around a half past, we pulled into the desolate town of Winterhold and found the Frozen Hearth at the south end of town. When we entered, the hall was warm, and we walked to the far end of the large central fire pit. For such a remote location, the inn was an incredibly popular spot. We passed three Khajiits in the corner, two of them arm-wrestled. The third stared at the beams in the ceiling. Oh, this battle will surely be won by you. Oh, no, for you are the strongest. No. Chisargo must disagree. Ah, Rasad has to say who are the strongest out of both of us. They had let their coats grow long, and the shaggy fur protruded from beneath their cloaks and plate mail. A half-eaten horker trunk sat on a bloody plate to the side of the arm wrestle. 
Next to them, a small Breton in mage's robes sat by an oil lamp reading a copy of the Argonian account. Two intoxicated Nords argued at the corner of the bar. I tell you. No, I tell you. No, you don't get to tell me, because I tell you. At the far end of the bar stood a tall woman in what appeared to be a power suit, picking her teeth with a small wooden toothpick. She stood out quite harshly against the surroundings, and I could tell this was who the Dragonborn had come to see. Hey, Renee, this is good job, and, uh... What'd you say her name was? She interrupted the Dragonborn and extended her hand to us, and we both shook. Yes, charmed, I'm sure. I'm Renorexes from the law offices of Better, 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 and Better. On her thumb was an enormous green ring. It closely resembled one I had read about in Cinderian's laboratory. Hey, I, I know that ring. That's, uh, uh, that's uh, the ring of Nymira, isn't it? Before I could continue, I caught a sharp elbow jab to the ribs from Goodjob, who gave me a stern glance. If you Ixnay on the ing ring. Anyway, boys, why don't you grab yourself a mead? I heard they've got a new Blackbriar 120 on tap. You know, that only comes out twice a year, yeah? <laughs> we'll, we'll just be a few minutes. And with that, we saddled up to the bar as the adults went to go talk. We ordered our meads, and I asked Goodjob why he elbowed me during our introduction. I saw she had the Ring of Namira on as well, but I knew you were going to bring it up. What are, what are you talking about? Well, look, Why clear, can't I bring it up? Clearly she's a cannibal, and you were about to out her in public, man. It's, it's in poor taste. Listen, I'm not here to yuck any yums. I just I hadn't even thought about that, okay? Well, aren't you glad I came with you? No, but for real, I really tell you. You do not effing know. What you are talking Listen, about. I am the one who invented talking, so I know what I am talking about. You don't know what is talking about. Once the dragonborn had finished his business with his lawyer, we walked the rest of the way through the town to the college. We were eager to speak to whomever could help us continue our quest to solve the mystery of the dwarves. As we crossed the terrifying crumbling stone bridge over to the college, we saw a great hustle and bustle within the main courtyard. Ah, shit. I forgot it's alumnus weekend. Place is going to be so packed. We entered right. the campus and slowly began shuffling our way through the thick crowd. Hey, Dumbledore, good to see you. Copperfield, how's it going? Say to mind freak for me. <laughs> Let me see you. Oh, Glinda, how's show business? Matilda, put that down. Put it, Matilda, put it down. All right. Tell her! I'm so sorry to hear about what happened to Penn. I'm, I'm so sorry. No, you don't have to say anything. I understand it. As we neared the main doors to the Hall of the Elements, I felt a twitch at the base of my neck and turned around. People continued to mill about, take photographs, and enjoy hors d'oeuvres. My eyes, however, were drawn to a tall, pointed hat disappearing into the crowd. Flames from nearby torches glinted off the hat, and I saw the sparkle of tiny, golden cookies. My heart began racing, and I quickly turned back and hustled to catch up with the rest of the crew. Oh, no shit! The Archmage? For real? You can take us there? Yeah, guy's pretty laid back. I'm sure he lets you, you know, refill your potions and... Who knows, maybe even borrow a weapon or two. He's got tons of loot in his quarters from the years. Like, I heard he had a, a staff that just makes more staffs. Um, he's got a sword that's sharper than any sword, uh, except when it hits another sword, then that sword is the, is the sharpest sword. Um, do you remember in Endgame... When uh, Thanos came in with that helicopter blade thing, yeah, yeah. he has uh, a Lego replica of that. Nice. We arrived at the Archmage's quarters, a vast circular room containing every type of magical artifact I'd heard of, and several I hadn't, to be honest. In the middle of the room stood a glowing birch tree surrounded by a garden of what could only be a mage's dream of alchemaic ingredients. Oh my gosh, this garden must be worth a fortune. Look at all these alchemy ingredients. What, this? No, the guys, these are just peppers and 
okra, stuff like that. Archmage just has kind of a green thumb, you might say. A tall, scaly Argonian came around the corner to welcome us. Ah, yes. My friend, the Dragonborn. So good to see you. These, uh, these must be your friends, huh? I've heard so much about you two. Looking for the dwarves, are you? Yes, I, I think I can be of some assistance in your quest. The Archmage led us through his quarters, and we collected a myriad of cool scrolls and interesting loot from him. We were looking through a display case of glass daggers when a staff member of the school, Drevis Naloran, came in. What do you mean? Why weren't they cleansed last week? Well, it's a little late to tell me now. So find one of the young novices and tell them to go clean them. No, I don't keep those gloves around here. What does this look like, a janitor's closet? Eventually, the Dragonborn volunteered to take care of the task. He said he'd just meet us in the Hall of the Elements when we were done packing. He headed off, and we continued to take stock of the Archmage's provisions. Oh, yes. That Drevis. He's very thorough. Anyway, the dwarves. Very interesting mystery. I actually have someone here who uh, might be able to help you. A puff of smoke from across the room caught our attention, and I could see the tip of a pointy hat emerging from the shadows. Hello, boys. Good to see you. Without warning, my co-host Gerald drew out the legendary Wabajack from behind his back, pointed it at the mystery wizard, and cast a massive fireball across the room, engulfing the wizard, as well as the surrounding bedroom, in white-hot flames. Gerald stared down in horror at the Daedric weapon. Yo! What the f*** was that for? I, I thought it was going to... I thought it was going to turn him into a chicken, okay? A chicken? The cookie wizard, J- Jarvis, he was... Uh, listen, I panicked, okay? That's not the wizard, Cookie Jarvis. That's Kim Glam, the munchkin. He's one of our newest apprentice mages. And from what he said, you guys were supposedly friends. He had just earned his wizard's voice, for Christ's sake. He was going to teach you some spells for your stupid dwarf quest. But... You messed that one up. The Archmage uttered a spell under his breath and was immediately cloaked in a shower of blue metallic flames. I paused the game. Whoa, wait, when did you, when did you learn to do that? Oh, the pause thing? is pretty cool, right? Uh, anyway, on the way to Winterhold, uh, I called the Know-It-All Brothers. Remember them from the, what's it called, the Kokiri Forest in our Jeez. first episode? Yes, I remember the Know-It-All Brothers. Yeah, they had a copy of the user manual for Skyrim, so I called them. Uh, uh, yes, hello, who is this? Who is this? Hey, guys, it's me. Uh, 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 who? Who is calling? You know, uh, good job. Oh, yes, 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 good job. How are you? How are you, how are you doing? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a rough couple of days. Oh, when are you um, coming back to Hyrule? We miss you, good job. Yeah, we miss you. You need to come back and see us. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I, I'll get by. Oh. When I can. Anyway, I was wondering if you guys could help me out. We're kind of in a pickle. Oh, yes, we can help you out. We know everything. Yeah, that's true. We know everything. So I'm in, um, I'm in Vardenfell and Skyrim. Oh, you yeah, know? Sky, Sky, Skyrim is such a beautiful country. If I'm honest, I didn't, I didn't learn the buttons before I came. How, how could you not have learned the buttons? We, we taught you all about the buttons. Good job. You should know them. He didn't learn the buttons. Oh, he does not know the buttons. So yeah, I mean, I don't have anything here that has it down there. So do you think you guys could like help me out with the controls? Well, I mean, can can you press the pause button real quick? Do you, do you even know the pause button? No, I don't. I don't see it. Which one is it? Uh, it's it's the big one in the middle. Like this? Oh God, no, not like that. No, oh, that sorry. is no rush. What are you doing? Oh, just do 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 you have access to the Wi-Fi? Yeah, we have the Wi-Fi. Okay, okay. We just send you a, a copy of the user manual. It's 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 very hush hush. We we do we do not give this away. 
Yeah, uh, make, make sure you, you look out for the email from uh, we know it all at we know it all dot com. Okay, thanks. I will do. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Right, bye. Bye, good job. What? Yep. Okay, what, whatever. With the game safely paused, I began rooting through my rucksack until I found what we needed. I pulled out two quart test tubes filled with a silvery liquid. I tossed one to Ricky. Here, take one of these. What is that? Oh, these are invisibility potions. We'll go invisible, but just for a second, because I think they're only minor invisibility. So... Where, where did you snag invisibility potions? Nah, man, I made them. You made them? Mm-hmm. What did you yeah. make them with? So get this. Remember when we were in uh, White Run and yeah. um, the Dragonborn disappeared for a second? Yeah. I smelled Char's eggs uh, right when it happened, so I figured maybe. That was one of the ingredients in the potion. So on the way out, I ordered a few uh, when I went to go get the tab, and have I just, you just, just kept them. Have you just been putting things in your mouth to see if there's a reaction? No, I did it like scientifically. We stayed up um, one night when we were in the Black Reach, and I went through like all the stuff in the bottom of our suitcase for ingredients. So I would just stir a little egg, and then whatever I could find, and I just—I mean, I tried all of them. You know, all, just a little bit. All, all of them. You tried all of them. Yeah, some of them didn't taste that great. Like, like what? I mean, what else could you have possibly tried? Um, let's see, the eggs, and then um, we had a. There was some lint that I found in a sock, and oh. uh, like a, like the crusty bit on the rolled up end of a toothpaste tube. You um, did. There was like a band. What? One fresh band aid. One used band aid. Oh um, man! Like the bottom, like a little, we had a little uh, empty can of uh, sugar-free Red Bull, and I poured uh, the rest of that in. That's the worst. And then, um, uh, let's see, some salts from a combos bag that, like, they're the pretzel kind. They got okay. they had some oh, salt I mean, in there. That clearly is going to make a potion. Yeah, and then I uh, scraped a little. I found a burger wrapper. I scraped a little cheese off the inside. I just like, how did that make an invisibility potion? That's so gross. I, well, I mean, that, like, it wasn't the only, the only thing I put in there. Wait, what else did you, what else did you put in these? I mean, nothing. It was just stuff that we had, you know. No, no, I gotta know now. You, you just rattled off some of the most gross things. It can't be worse than that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess it can't be worse. I, um, I ended up using some cereal crumbs. What? Yeah. Where? How did you even? How can you possibly justify using those after what we went through? It was, okay? just, it was just a little bit, man. Just a little bit? How did you even get them? Well, I had them since we were at the lookout lounge. And you didn't think to just well, ditch no. them after? Fred Flintstone, he palmed me a dime bag. He was like winking and all weird. And then I just I just tossed him in the bag and I forgot about him. And then, oh, you know. There's, there's so many questions that I feel I need to ask, but we... We have to keep moving. So well, I mean, it looks like they, I mean, it looks like they came in pretty handy. You know what I mean? We'll talk about this later, okay? I am not all right with this. We uncorked the test tubes and quaffed the thick liquid. It tasted like juicy fruit, Velcro, and stale cocoa pebbles. We quickly disappeared. I unpaused the game and we tiptoed away from the furious archmage. I reached out to open the door, and as it opened, the spell wore off. The archmage spotted us from across the room, and we quickly ran through the door and wedged a chair under the handle. The chase was on. Hey, you. No, no running in the Arcanium. Oh, jeez. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. slow down. All right, slow down. okay. Okay. Soon, we emerged at the top of Winterhold Tower through a wooden trap door. We bolted it shut and looked at our surroundings. We were stranded on the top of the tallest tower. Suddenly, I heard furious pounding coming from the other side of the wooden door. Randall looked around for another way down. Yo, man, I can't believe you shot Kim Glam in the face. I didn't know it was going to shoot a fireball. It, it just it turned the thing into the chicken when the dragonborn showed me. Well, it shot him with a fireball this time, man. Jesus, where did, where did you even get it? Okay. Don't, don't be mad. I read Thief, the, yeah. the skill book from the Draugr Tomb, yeah. and I might have learned how to pickpocket. You stole that from the Dragonborn? Uh, kind of. Oh my 
God, I can't... He, was, he wasn't using it. Look, when, when would you even have time to read that book? It was, it was like 500 pages long. Man, time here is different or something. It went a lot quicker than when I usually read a book. I, I mean, it was, it was really a page-turner to begin with, really. Uh, but, like, I read it no time. And just when we thought things couldn't get any worse... A dragon showed up. I knew we only had a few moments before the dragon blasted us into a crisp. I looked over the northern edge of the tower and saw the Sky Temple ruins far in the distance and it was a long, long fall to the water between us. Suddenly, my co-host, Gregamundus III, told me to pause again. He quickly reached into his bag and pulled out two pairs of ruby-red Airwalk classics. Here! Put these on! What are those? What are those? I, I got them at the gift shop at the MGM West in Oz. Just put them on. As soon as you unpause, click your heels three times and say, there's no place like the After the Plot studio. <sighs> okay, man. I gulped, nodded, and unpaused. The dragon immediately belched a torrent of blue-hot flame, engulfing the entire parapet in a tornado of flames. At the Mages College of Winterhold, each year is like a potion. You get back what you put into it. Whether it's utilizing our cutting-edge research laboratories... As a senior at the College of Winterhold, I can tell you, they really stay up to date on the latest arcane enchanters. Participating in intramural sports... This year, I joined the Quidditch team, the Winterhold Wargs. It's a lot of fun, and... I've made friends for life. We're taking advantage of the highest job placement rate of any college in Skyrim. Once I graduated from the College of Winterhold, I was offered a spot at six of the top Jarl's Court. Thanks, Mage's College of Winterhold. The ingredients that make up the Mage's College of Winterhold are always top tier. The Mage's College of Winterhold is a slam dunk. At the Mages College of Winterhold, we strive to provide every apprentice with the most cutting-edge alchemy and enchanting instruction in all major schools of magic. Illusion, alteration, conjuration, destruction, and even restoration. The Mages College of Winterhold. What will your potion be? All right, everybody, welcome back to the studio. I am Good Job Lacey, your host of After the Plot. I am Nolan Lacey, your co-host. Uh, thank you for staying with us this long through our two-part episode of The Disappearance of the Dwarves in the Land of Skyrim. If you listened to our our show from the very beginning, you could tell it's been quite an adventure. You know, we had to click our heels three times and just get the heck off of that tower. Honestly, I, if we hadn't had those those ruby red sneakers, I'm not sure what we would have done. We would have been just emulated on the spot. You know, I don't think I quicksaved once since we entered Winterhold. Did you? Did what now? Quicksave. Wait, you can do more than pause? Yeah, I quicksaved a couple times at the... Did you not read the manual? Come on. No, you, no, you had to call to get the manual, and you never showed it to me. You just assumed that I was following what you were doing. All right, I'll tell you what. I'll, I, I, will, I will lend it to you. You can get read up on it, and then we'll, we will make a point to... Do this type of research ahead of time before our next adventure. Wait, you haven't been pausing over me, have you? What do you mean? I mean, you haven't been pausing while we're here. That We, we could only do that in Skyrim, right? Oh, I would never do that. I don't know what you're talking about. So we're back in the studios, and I think it's obvious that you know, we did not come back with information that we wanted on the disappearance of the dwarves. Yeah, it was... Kind of a secondary goal after we got there, honestly. But I guess, you know, somebody else has got to figure it out eventually. Yeah, it'll come out. I mean, enough people are doing it. You know, just rule of numbers. Somebody's going to find it. Did you know that our friends at the offices of Better, 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 and Better were talking with the Dragonborn? That was quite a surprise to me. I know. When we ran into Renorexes, I was so shocked that that's their newest partner. You know, she... 
I guess didn't recognize us. We did get pretty scruffy, to be fair, while we were up in the uh, the wild north of Skyrim. Yeah, we had those, and those, she, those Nordic beards going on. Yeah, yeah. She gave us a card. Uh, it was not exactly covered in blood, but it did have some blood splatter on it. I'm still concerned about. She said she was a dragon. Uh, after you know coming face to face with a Skyrim dragon, I was a little confused by that. Uh, she was uh, humanoid in shape, though uh, after she said that, her eyes turned more cat-like and she blew some smoke out of her nose. I was assuming she was vaping, but everybody gave her a pretty wide berth. Mm. Uh, so maybe? Maybe she's, a, maybe she's a confused magician. I don't know. You never know. know what's going on with the law offices of better, 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 and better. You know, they, they do a good job of hiring a diverse crowd of people, so That's I wouldn't true. put it past them to, to have a dragon. How about Winterhold? What a, what a crazy weekend it was there. I know, it, was it, a, it was alumnus weekend when we showed up. I didn't realize so many people had graduated from the college. No, I, a lot of big names. A lot of big names there. Yeah, I, the biggest one being, um, you know, Dumbledore. I, I kind of expected he would have graduated from Hogwarts, you know, maybe be, being the headmaster, you know, being an alumni going there. But, you know, the college has a, a, a bigger influence, I guess, than really Wizard High School. Well, I think so. I think a lot of magical colleges like to hire from outside of their, their uh, talent pool. You mm-hmm. know, as people kind of work up, it, it's really difficult working with somebody for a while. And then all of a sudden that person is promoted within the organization yeah so i think i think they they sometimes like to pull from from outside yeah you know he and uh he and gandalf were they were really hitting that skooma but you know i guess if uh if you know how to magic your way out of a, a mystical hangover then they're showing the crowd a thing or two on how wizards really party skooma pong and all it was that. A, it was a good time all up until the point when you uh you know killed kim glam oh man i there's so many books and there's so many things to do and I, I try and learn through observation and I clearly am not as astute in my observations as I thought I was. I was so worried that the wizard Cookie Jarvis was coming. We later found out that wizards have a specific voice that they all can use. It's called for, the wizard's voice. Yeah, it's called the wizard's voice. Um, so in a bit of self-defense i blew him up with a wand that had turned someone into a chicken wabajack yeah yeah uh but you know i've been thinking about this nicholas i've been thinking about this it's nolan over the past month and i, and I really think that the take-home message is not i don't think it's your fault i really don't i think what we learn from this is just say no to daedric weapons just say no to daedric weapons well that's hard when when the guy that we're following seems to have an endless number of them. He he pulled out, God, four or five Daedric weapons? He did. He had, what did he have? Sanguine Rose. He had the Wabajack. Uh, Mayroon's had, Razor. Mayru- well, he just used that to peel apples. So I'm not sure that was probably True. the least dangerous one. He had that mace of Bolagmar. Sucked up a few souls with that thing. I remember when we were stopped one night, he showed us he had uh, Boethia's Ebony Plate Mail. Uh, I couldn't really get a good look at it, though. Uh, he also had that uh, that really bright sword, Dawnbreaker. He, he said he got it from... Oh, he got it from some lady who was really uh, intent on him, you know, being lawful good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem like he was following her guidance, where would you? Where would you? Where would you put Dragonborn on that list? Chaotic neutral. Bit of a chaotic neutral? Definitely a chaotic neutral. Uh, we got a story, maybe not the story we were looking for, but I think a good story nevertheless. I'm surprised that there haven't been more news stories coming out of Skyrim about a lot of these things. Uh, it, it seems like some of them could be human rights. Oh, oh, sorry. I, um, I feel that's a little insensitive. They could be humanoid rights issues. Such as? Uh, well, just the, you know, rifts in, in space and time, people coming through, uh, dragons eating people's homes, uh, people praising dragons for eating people's homes. Uh, there's a lot of slavery still. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, they don't discriminate on on who is going to be a slave. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, better or worse. Yeah, that's that's kind of like there's a lot of beheading, um, and not in a particularly sanitary or safe way. It's it's like you know you just hack some heads off. 
in, in a lot of ways they're ahead of us and in a lot of ways they're they're still quite behind us yeah i mean to be fair specters and spirits cool you can uh take over a new body also uh specters and spirits taking over a new body kind of shitty for the new body yeah. you know yeah. depends on if it's already got a you know someone on this plane in it vampires and werewolves cool but also not cool yeah. Um, one one werewolf at night uh, ate an entire village. So, you know, one thing, it's like you got to support the werewolf for living their best life, but also maybe don't massacre a town. So uh, I think we're going to I think we're going to wrap up our episode today. Thank everybody for listening. If you liked what you heard today, you can check out our older episodes at finalplank.com um, or just search for Final Plank wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the socials uh, under Final Plank. You will find us there. And if you liked what you saw, please feel free to like and subscribe to any of our channels that you can stay abreast of all of the new shows and information that are coming out each month. We give updates as often as possible, but a lot of times our travels keep us busy. So if you don't hear from us uh, every day, send us a tweet, Instagram message, whatever you'd like, and uh, we'll keep you posted on where our journeys are taking us. Yes. Oh, which reminds me. Hang on one second. Here, take this. Oh. What is it? I, 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 I snuck a few potions back. Uh, you did. On the way back from Skyrim. I did. So, uh, here, cheers. Thanks. What is it? Just drink it. After the Plot is produced by Brent and Nolan Lacey. Additional talent is provided by David Hallman. Brent Lacey edits the show. Theme music was composed by Jared Bookbinder. Sound effects are provided courtesy of freesound.org. Additional music today was provided by Kevin McLeod. The Skyrim theme and all associated music are registered by Bethesda Softworks. We make a special trip just for you. Same low price. After the Plot is a production of Final Blank Media. You do a great job. So, uh... No, wait. No, I do a good, jo- I do a good job. <laughs> you do a good job.